real quick before I dig into the game, I just wanted to recap my two favorite plays from the game. If if you haven't watched the game, go watch the full game highlights. You can see them there. Uh, the first one was right at the end of the second quarter. Um, I forget who was going for the layup, but the Clippers had the ball. They were going for a last-second layup. It was probably going to go in, and Donovan Mitchell comes. He, he makes the hustle play, blocks him up behind, and that's awesome. Uh, my second favorite play from the game is, I think it was in the third quarter, Joe Ingles brought the ball down, and I, I want to say it was Patrick Beverly guarding him. I don't remember exactly. I may be wrong, but he brings the ball down. He does the hesitation to the left. The defender bites on it hard. And then Joe Ingles just has a lane to the basket and gets an easy layup. And So if you haven't seen the highlights, go watch those. I I thought those two plays were really great. But basically, story for this game is Jazz play an injured Clippers team. The Clippers, and, and they beat them. They, it was a... Really sloppy for the Jazz in the first half. Uh, they they did get it together in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. I think they just kind of wore the Clippers down because with, with how the injuries went for the Clippers, the Jazz were obviously a better team. And the Clippers were missing Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Luke Kennard, and Nick Batum. And two of those players aren't like huge. Like If they were out, it wouldn't make that big of a difference. But... Yeah, like obviously the the Clippers were missing the two best players, which was a little concerning because the Jazz were really sloppy in the first half. Um uh, and they were down at the end of the half. They just I checked the team stats uh, that they improved throughout the game, but uh, well, actually not much now that I'm look, looking at them again. And the Jazz they just weren't shooting well tonight. Uh, I don't know if shots weren't going in or what was going on there. Um, yeah, just rough shooting night, which I'm glad. Like Teams have rough shooting nights, and I'm glad that it happened for the Jazz tonight against a Clippers team that with the injuries going on, it was an easy victory for them. So win, win for the Jazz, I'm, I'm anticipating it should be another easy win for the Jazz on Friday when they play the Clippers again. Because I think I think Luke Kennard and Nick Batum are kind of questionable. They may play or may not, but they're not game changers. Um, and it, the Clippers' two best players in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are almost definitely out of Friday's game. So unless the Jazz really mess it up, they should have another win there. But I'll dig into the stats. If you have any questions or comments about the game... Let me know in the live chat. Sorry, I I think there might be a little lag um, on my end, which is kind of weird because I'm not streaming to myself, but my computer's a little weird right now. Hopefully you can hear it fine. Um, I'll I'll go through the team stats. I'll go through the box score, talk about the game, and then yeah, leave any questions or comments in the live chat, and, and I'll, I'll get to them once I kind of dug, dug through the stats. But like I was saying, the Jazz... Uh, Looking at the team stats, the Jazz really weren't playing that well. Luckily, the Clippers weren't either. The Jazz did shoot a lot of shots. They shot 98 shots to the Clippers' 86. 
which is not normal. Actually, if you look at the team stats, the Jazz typically shoot less shots than their opponents. They just score more. Um, but yeah, the Jazz were at 43% field goal percentage. Clippers were at 44. Three-pointers were pretty similar. Jazz were at 30. Uh, if you round up 33 and the Clippers were at 35. So the Clippers were slightly better as far as shooting. The Jazz just shot so many more shots, both free throws, three-pointers, and just field goals in general, that that's how they won. Um, so it works. Everything else was was actually pretty close, except uh, there's a couple stats that, that I'll highlight. But overall, like uh, turnovers, the Jazz had a net positive, which is awesome because uh, the Jazz don't typically have that. So this game is kind of reversed of what the Jazz typically have, except for they also won. So I'm glad that part wasn't reversed. Uh, the Jazz had five less turnovers. Along with that, though, it, I don't think it was because the Jazz were being like better with the ball. It's because the Jazz had 13 steals tonight. Four of those were Donovan Mitchell steals, which is awesome. So and I know the Jazz have been doing pretty good with seals overall this season. So if we can see more games like that, then uh, that would be awesome. Like if we're getting double digit steals, then, then automatically that's an extra 10 plus possessions that the other team doesn't have. Uh, largest lead. The, the Jazz kept it pretty close, but the Clippers were ahead for a good amount, even into the third quarter. Um, but yeah, the, the Jazz ended up winning by double digits. The Clippers were never up by double digits. So I don't want to dig too much into this game because it's hard to analyze um, how good the Jazz are versus the Clippers when the Clippers are missing the two best players and two other players who get minutes in the normal rotation. Um, and it, it is kind of frustrating that the Jazz had a rough start to this game and even into the third quarter. Uh, but for most of the second half, they were they were playing pretty good. And Donovan Mitchell really, um, he kind of stepped it up when the team was slow in the first half, and he stepped up even more in the second half. Uh, I'm not going to really go over the Clippers box score because uh, the Stars weren't there, and no one really had a great performance. But the Jazz, both Mitchell and Gobert really stood out. That was awesome. Uh, Mitchell had... Honestly, Mitchell, recently he's been having some really good box scores. And at the beginning of the season, he was scoring, but then he would see like a handful of rebounds, a handful of assists, and a ton of turnovers. Uh, But I think ever since the Celtics game, most of his games have been pretty solid. I'm sure there's been some up and downs. But overall, I've been seeing a trend that he's been doing better. This game, he had 24 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 4 steals, along with that block at the end of the second quarter, um, which was awesome. Uh, One of my favorite plays from the Jazz so far this year was that block. Uh, Gobert was awesome as well. Like uh, He was being guarded by Zubak or um, Ibaka, sometimes Marcus Morris or Markeith. I, I forget which one. One of the Morris brothers. And... But and, and obviously, like Ibaka's good, Morris is undersized, and Zubac is like, like he's a fine defender. He's not like anything special, and Gobert was just beating them on the pick and rolls all game long. And so he he had twenty three points, twenty rebounds. He 
killed the other team as far as rebounding goes. Um, so that was awesome to see. Clarkson had put in his 18 points. He had four rebounds, three assists, two steals. Um, Favors had an okay box score, nothing spectacular, but he had six, six points, five rebounds, three steals. And everyone else was just kind of like what you expect from them. Bojan shot awful, though. That was a rough game for him. He had five points. He was two for ten. He had a rebound and an assist and a steal. Um, but he was the only one in the starting lineup that was a negative as far as plus minus goes, which is essentially, I know we had a comment, it was a while ago, but someone was asking us to clarify plus minus. So I'll just do that just in case anyone listening isn't sure what plus minus is. Uh, it's essentially like how many points does your team score while you're on the court? compared to the other team so if you had a plus five that means when you were on the court that game your team scored five more points than the other team or if you have a minus five that means the other team scored five more so minus five like that's what Bojan had it's not bad it's just the only he's the only starter with a minus and obviously just did not play well today um but yeah that that's pretty much it I I don't have a ton more to go into in this game. I'll talk a little bit about Friday's game. And I want to talk about Quinn Snyder. Because that was awesome. Uh, be well For those of you who don't know, Quinn Snyder, he locked in the being the all-star game coach of the year. And it's 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 essentially locked in. Um, but it is kind of speculation because it's not official yet. Because typically what the NBA does is two weeks before the All-Star game, the coach of the team in the first seed of each conference becomes that uh, first seed. Uh, he becomes the All-Star coach, sorry. And from there, and so Doc Rivers is looking to be the one for the East. He hasn't locked it in yet as far as, uh, at least not as solidly as Quinn Snyder has. The reason why Quinn Snyder has locked it in is because with with how it's set up, the Lakers, um, their coach Frank Vogel, he was the all-star coach last season. And you can't be the all-star coach two seasons in a row. And so because of that and because the Jazz are far enough ahead of the Clippers that they'll be ahead two weeks before the all-star break, that they've locked in either number one or number two for that two weeks ahead. That's why Quinn Snyder has it. So that's awesome. Um, maybe that's a shoe in for coach of the year. I hope so. Um, uh, And I also kind of want to talk about All-Star. Like, I know that's getting closer. We've talked about that. Um, We, Nate and I, we did a little bit of extra research on how to make sure we understood how All-Stars were selected. Because this felt like in the past several years, it's changed up exactly how it happens. So I have an article pulled up that we can go through and and also talk about the chances of each Jazz player actually making it to the All-Star team out of the four that we think actually have a decent chance in Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, and Clarkson. But with that said, any comments or questions from this? And and I'll take them and we'll go to the live chat. If you haven't liked the video yet, or, or the stream at this point, it's not really a video yet, but like the stream it it helps us like one of our goals with this channel is just uh people like the jazz are getting respect now that they're winning but 
if they go on a three-game losing streak, I bet they lose all that respect and all that media attention. And so one of our goals with this channel is just we want more like good good quality jazz content on there. And so what we work to do is we try to improve our quality. Obviously, like we're not like <laughs> we don't have a budget much for anything, but we try to improve our quality and we want to reach as many jazz fans as we can and really build a better community. So every like, every subscribe, every share of our videos or channel helps us to achieve those goals of both building a community and creating better jazz content because there really isn't there's not a ton of jazz content especially like jazz specific channels out there on youtube i can think of a a couple um but most of them like either don't last very long or they don't really build a good following or or they don't focus on the jazz because um i'm guessing they have dreams to build larger and, and grow their audience larger and they think that the jazz community isn't good enough for that would be my guess but we're here and we want to build that community so like subscribe it means a ton uh, but with that being said i'll hop into the comments and and if we don't have much so everyone on comment anything about the game ask any questions if not i'll just kind of go on my rant about all stars but yeah so so bogey he had a bad game, and that's kind of what we've been seeing from him. Is uh, Not that he's been bad this season, it's just he's been on and off. Some nights he's been on fire, some nights he hasn't. And tonight he wasn't. He he had limited minutes. I w- Was there some sort of injury thing there that I, that I missed? I don't think so, but uh, only 23 minutes. Like, let me know if that's something I missed. Um, maybe it was just he wasn't on, or I don't know. I don't know if the Jazz announced something. It could have just been his wrist was bugging him a little bit tonight. So once they were ahead, they they rested him. Um, so no, my flow. He asks, do I think that we're winning on Friday? I think I said this at the very beginning of the stream when there's like one person on. So I'll, I'll talk about this again. Uh, I think we will win on Friday, and that's because. Like, not that I don't think the Jazz can beat the the Clippers full strength. I think they can, and they did earlier in the season, unless someone was injured. I I forget about that game. But on Friday, it looks like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to be out again. And the only extra help that the Clippers will have, and and this is maybe, is they might get Luke Kennard back and they might get Nick Batum back. Which, having them, is it's nice, like... They're both decent players. They both got minutes in the rotation most games for the for the Clippers, but it's not like they're game changes. It's not like they're good enough to make the this Clippers team without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard better than the Jazz. So I, I think it should be an easy win on Friday. That's what I anticipate. Then again, though, if the Jazz shoot like they did tonight and then they just don't get the steals, that could lead to a loss just because it's not falling in. And the Clippers, even without their stars, they have a good defensive team. So that's also a possibility. I would lean towards it being an easy win for the Jazz, though. Um, so Sean says, true grit, true, true grit in the first half. When elite teams give their all and are on a roll, Jazz find a way to bounce back. Yeah, and that's one thing. I'm not exactly sure how to feel about this win because the Clippers were really injured. But the Jazz did play, like, they kept themselves in the game in the first half, 
even though they just weren't playing good. Like shots weren't. It's it wasn't a hustle thing. It's just shots weren't falling. Um, I don't know. Like I didn't. I didn't think it was like necessarily bad shot selection. It was just they weren't going in in the first half. But they hustled, especially Donovan Mitchell in the second quarter. I think he really kept the minute with his hustle. And and that was awesome. And then the second half, uh, I don't know, something clicked. Whether it was um, Quinn Snyder kind of got the team realigned or whether it was just because the Jazz were a better team than this Clippers team with the lineup that they were putting out, that the Jazz just, like, overpowered them. That eventually, like, um, like a bad team can keep up with a good team for only so long. And, and that might have been part of it as well. Uh, yeah, Quinn, Quinn Snyder's going to coach the All-Star game. I'm pumped for that. Like, first Jazz coach since since the 80s, which is surprising because, um, yeah, we all know Jerry Sloan was definitely one of the greatest coaches ever, and it, it just never worked out for him, I guess, to be the All-Star coach. It's not that big of a deal, but it is fun, and it's it's nice to see that, like, the Jazz have earned that especially since coming into this the season uh like first seed was we were like okay maybe they might be first seed for a couple games if they play really well especially towards the beginning but no they're holding on to this and it it looks like they have a pretty good shot at staying first seed into the playoffs obviously it's a little premature to say that definitely but that's how good they're playing um why isn't Clarkson a starter would that disqualify him as sixth man of the year candidate um, I I don't think I don't know if there are exact rules for disqualification for sixth man of the year. Um, because I know he I think he has started at least one game this season. I I may be wrong, but with the, I I think Clarkson. Obviously, he he's as good as a starter, but I think he's the kind of player that, and it's rare to get these players where they can come in off the bench and they're immediately hot and they immediately score and they're an immediate impact player. And that's the kind of player that um, Jordan Clarkson is. And so I think it's almost part of the strategy, even though he's getting starting minutes, I think he's embracing that six-man role. Quinn probably talked to him and let him know, hey, we need you in the si- at, as that sixth man coming in with the second unit because then it makes it the Jazz offense and defense is elite with their first unit and then they bring in Clarkson and he makes their offense even with the full second unit like still pretty good I wouldn't say it's like I don't know if it'd be any starting lineup of another team Jazz second unit versus theirs offensively wise but Jordan Clarkson brings that spark and that's awesome and and that honestly that's a big thing for winning a championship if you look at a lot of the team's and this may just be I'm I'm relying too heavily on the the data point of the 2011 Mavs, but a lot of teams that like they don't they they come in with maybe lower expectations in the season, they don't have a superstar lineup, um, of just packed with superstars and talent like like you see with like the Nets or or the Lakers or the Clippers when they're healthy. You need that that sixth man because that's how you're going to beat a lot of the elite teams is on the bench play. You might like duke it out and it's pretty even. Maybe you're down five points or so when you try like with the starters, but then if you have Jordan Clarkson with the plus 20, 
because he's just that much better than all the other bench players, then I I think that that will be huge. It, it will it's obviously been huge in the season, but I think it's going to show how important that is in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So so that's kind of my thoughts around around that. I think it. I don't think it's around him losing an award. I think it's a strategic move for them to um, make it as far in the playoffs as they can. Uh, how do you think the the game would be impacted if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were in? I think we, we would have seen a completely different game and the Jazz would have come in and prepared in a completely different way. So it'd be really tough to tell. If the Jazz... But like let's just assume from what we saw, if the Jazz shot like they did, the Jazz would have lost this game in the first half because uh, I guess it's possible that the... Because the Jazz defense is really good, it's possible that they could have contained Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, even though that's a much harder job. And I would say the Jazz really only have one elite perimeter defender and Royce O'Neal. Um, so it, it would have been a tougher job. I, I still think like both teams healthy, I would take the Jazz more times than not. Uh, so I guess in a seven-game series, I'd probably take the Jazz if both teams are completely healthy. But those are tough games, and uh, with with two superstars like that. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I would think about that. Obviously, the Jazz did not play good at first in the first half. They played with grit, but the like it, it wasn't winning basketball. So if they played like that, it might have been too tough to come back from against a team that good. Um, do I think Kawhi is going to play next time? I don't think so. He, the in, the latest injury report update was today for Kawhi Leonard, and it labeled him as out, which when a player's label is out, is it normally means that they're out for at least another week, typically more than that. So both, and, and the last update on Paul George was yesterday, and he was labeled as out as well. So I doubt either of them will come back for Friday's game. Um, so Weston asks, uh, why is everyone saying Luka Don- Doncic can get an MVP, but they're not talking about Donovan Mitchell getting an MVP? I Honestly, I don't know why people are still talking about Luka getting an MVP this season, because like his stats have been awesome, but to get an MVP, you really need to be like a top four seed in your conference. And if you're any lower than that, the difference would just be a couple games. And I'm sure the Mavs will get there by the end of the year. But it's not like the Jazz. At the same time, though, you look at uh, Luka's numbers versus Donovan's numbers. And Luka's numbers are just like... How he stuffs the box score is insane. And people love that kind of stuff for MVP. Like, look at Giannis, who won the last two. And he just stuffs the box score. Obviously, he is a real... Like, both both Luka and Giannis are real superstars, but... Donovan Mitchell isn't as in your face as as they are to the to the casual fan and and honestly like the people who vote for MVP are national media people and they can't watch as like they don't watch as many games as they either wish or like they they let on especially teams like the Jazz so they're not watching the actual basketball of Donovan Mitchell and seeing the real impact of him. They're just kind of looking at the season stats and saying, oh, like, he averaged 24 and 5 and 4. Like, but Luke over here averaged 30 and 9 and 9. So, like, looking at those stat lines, that's kind of where they base it off of. 
as well. But with this, they also like stories. So with this jazz story kind of coming in as the Cinderella team, and if they can keep winning like this, um, we might see more people talking about that. I, I still think, unless Donovan takes a huge jump in stats, he he's definitely a dark horse for it. And, and but that's okay. I'll I'll take a Finals MVP over over a regular season MVP for Mitchell. Um, I bet the Jazz bench could beat half the teams in the NBA, uh, like they are the most well-rounded team. I agree. I, I don't know about half the half the teams. That may be a little excessive, but most of the teams right towards the bottom of the standings in both conferences, um, like. I don't know if I'd take the Jazz bench in a seven-game series against all those teams if you're just going starting lineups and not talking about bench. So, like, Jazz bench versus their starting lineup. But I do think that the Jazz bench, are, like, they're good enough to put up a fight against those teams. So, um, I'd say probably 25, maybe 30% of the league uh, for that. But I, I do agree that the Jazz are... Yeah, definitely the most well-rounded team. I was, kind of, I was debating whether I wanted to say one of or the... But I do think they are the most well, well-rounded team as far as depth goes. <laughs> um, and we got some fish jokes going on. I, I don't know if I'm on the inside of those jokes, but we got my clownfish and yellow tang are jazz fans just like you. And Dory plays in the WNBA. She is talented. <laughs> Nice. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll skip down to uh, Sawyer's comment where it says because uh, they have less than less people scoring twenty points on other teams. The Jazz have two to three people without twenty five points. I'm guessing that's kind of going back to your previous comment, Sawyer. Um, but yeah, uh, like honestly, like we can't really state enough how good the Jazz are have been playing. Uh, Weston asks, "Will we still do videos in the summer?" Yeah, we we will. Obviously, there's not as much content to be made. Um, I, I think, like as as far as what the plan is right now, we'll, we'll probably keep doing like weekly videos, and maybe as as news breaks, we might go in with a middle of the week video. But obviously, there's not as many games, and that will be. A lot more off-season focused, and it might also be more. Um, I don't know. We're, we'll have to get creative with it because the news does kind of get slow in the NBA. We might we might look at some history or or kind of review the season, do some stuff like that. But if you like, when it gets to that time, or now, if you if there's anything like both in jazz history or kind of right now that you'd like to see, let us know and, and we can start working on that content. Um, the live chat is has kind of run dry. So I'll do my my little rant on the NBA All Stars. If you have anything else, I'll I'll cover that. But um, if not, then I'll I'll wrap up after this. Um, so we know Quinn Snyder has been like he is the Western Conference All Star coach, and I just wanted like the two things that I wanted to do uh, with like what I was researching right towards the end of the game when it was kind of a wrap and we knew the Jazz were going to win was I wanted to find out like one exactly how the the All-Stars were decided which which Nate did some of that research too and, and we were kind of talking about that and two I 
I wanted to see how like the national media felt about which players would make it in the West and how many jazz players are, are realistic. Um, so uh, how all-stars are chosen is like for the starters, 50% is fan vote and the other 50% is split up between uh, um, players and media. And that's how the starters are decided. And for the reserves, it's the coaches in each conference. And the rule for that is that, like, Quinn Snyder couldn't vote for players on the Jazz, but Frank Vogel could. So you just can't vote for your own players for the reserves. And so it's on the other player, on the other coaches in the Western Conference to decide how many um, Jazz players actually make it. Because realistically, Donovan Mitchell's the only only player with a real shot to make the starting lineup. And it's kind of tough because he's competing against uh, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and Luka for that for that for one of those two starting roles. So he might get it, but it's going to be tough for him to be a starter. And so with that said, this is an article from the New York Times. And so I thought they were pretty national enough to kind of figure out who who people are expecting to start and who people are expecting to make it. And I'll just go over the West because I I honestly don't care about the East. <laughs> um, so New York Times says that the likely starters are, uh, for the front court, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. And for the back court, they say Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Um, I, th- I think that's pretty realistic, um, obviously. Some players you could switch in and out. Um, I'm hoping Donovan Mitchell makes a starting position, but it seems like it's um, it's probably a long shot, especially with uh, what I saw from the most recent like fan vote. I know that's only half of it, but um, yeah, it they're all good players, so it's fine. The New York Times says the sure thing reserves are Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell. Which, yeah, I. it'd be tough to argue that any of these players aren't reserves. Actually, I might argue that Paul George might not make it. Um, and that might just be a reputation thing from, um, from last playoffs. The whole pandemic P and playoff P thing. Um, New York Times lists the wild cards for the All-Stars as Mike Conley and Chris Paul. Which... Looking at the snubs that they left out, I thought it was really interesting that they chose those two, but it also gives me hope that Mike Conley has a, an awesome chance in the the national media's recognizing him as someone who who should make the All Star team. But like, obviously he's he's a fringe All Star if he does make it. Um, but honestly, and and the reason why I think it's it will be really tough for Mike Conley to make it is because listen to all the talent and the snubs from the Western Conference. Um, so the front court is pretty good. You have Zion Williamson, who I'm fine leaving out. Um, Brandon Ingram, same. I'm fine leaving him out. Both of them could go in. Christian Wood, he's had an incredible season. I'm fine with him in or out. Um, but with the backcourt players, there's some players that I think definitely should make it with how they've been playing. Um, so De'Aaron Fox, like... In or out, DeMar DeRozan, I don't think he should make it. His stats are fine, but he's just not an impact player, I would say. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 
I feel like he's playing in an all-star level. I, I feel like he he should have probably been included in those in those like what what do they call them the wild cards, uh, along with John ja Morant and Devin Booker, and so I think those three players, Mike Conley will really be competing with along with Chris Paul, toward to if he actually makes an All Star game, which I hope he does. That would be awesome, because obviously he hasn't made one in his career so far, and so if he could make it this year with the Jazz and with this season. Uh, I think it would make for a great story as well. Um, okay, and we got some chats. Uh, so Weston asks, who is my favorite player on the Jazz? I don't know. <laughs> um, there's a lot of ways I can define favorite. Um, uh, Mitchell's like the most fun to watch. I've been a fan of Conley for a while. I feel like Joe Ingles is kind of a meme just in how good he actually is even though like he doesn't check any of the boxes off for a typical NBA player um I don't know Uh, as far as my favorite goes if I I really like Bojan when he's playing well Uh, I I guess I'll I'll choose him as my unofficial favorite for now uh just because I like that style of play that he has obviously his defense isn't great but I love that wing who can play that stretch four if you need to who can shoot um and he on offense he kind of brings everything that you really need to the table so I think he's a ton of fun but the thing that I love about the Jazz is not really so focused on one player which allows me to pick uh, someone like Bojan who's definitely not the focus of the team um but yeah that's the great thing about the Jazz they're they're a team not a not like a a superstar driven uh, team with just other players around the superstar. Um, Weston also asks, "Are you are you scared to play the Blazers with Lizard, with Lillard?" Um, I, I'm not for the Jazz. I'm not really scared for them to play any team. That's how good they've been playing. They beat the Blazers first game of the year. Uh, that was good. Lillard obviously is such a good talent that uh, he's scary every time you play him. Um, He's one of those players that I don't think you can really stop him from scoring when he's hot. So uh, the Jazz, when they play them, they just have to figure out a way to to stop the rest of the team and just outscore Lillard, which I think the Jazz could do. Um, yeah, I, 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 but like, yeah, like I said, I'm not really scared for any team. We might pick up a couple more losses this season. Uh, but with how they've been playing and barring any injuries, I don't think um, like the Jazz can win any game on any given night. Yeah, I I hope Conley makes it. Me too. Um, it would be cool if Quinn Snyder could be could coach the Olympics. Um, that'd be cool. I typically it's um, the Duke coach, Coach K, Mike Shashevsky. Um, I don't know if he's retired from it, but he's been coaching it for, like, ever since, like, I don't know, was it the 90s or the early 2000s, something like that. So he's been he's been the Olympic coach for a while. Um, if Quinn wanted to, I'm sure um, Coach K would would consider having him as one of the assistants if if that's how it works. But uh, Quinn's a great a great coach, so I agree. It, it would be kind of fun to see him there with the Olympic team. Um. Yeah, Nate said Mitchell. 
uh, that makes like uh, honestly it was tough for me to choose a, a favorite jazz player I, I maybe I just said Bojan to be different but um, I, I don't know a ton about the players who don't get regular minutes but every player in the lineup that gets regular minutes I, I love the fit into the team and I, I think it's great so that's one of the things that I loved Sorry says that the that they like O'Neal I like that because O'Neal is definitely one of those underrated players on the Jazz, um, but and, and honestly, like if if he had been shooting like this for the past couple of years, um, I don't know if he'd even be on the Jazz because um, his either his trade value would be so high that the Jazz could probably get a killer trade for him. Or he he would have left. I'm not sure exactly when he resigned, but players like O'Neal who can play defense like he does and hit threes like he can, especially this season, they're super valuable in the NBA, and they're they're kind of tough players to keep around because the value the val- their value has been going up and up recently. Um, so Weston asks if we'll ever um quit YouTube. I don't like. We've just started the YouTube game like. We started this as a podcast, I don't know, what was it, like February or March last year, so about a year ago, and then we really only started focusing on YouTube like end of November, beginning of December, so we're really new to the YouTube game. Uh, I like YouTube, I think it's fun. It's a lot more interactive than a typical podcast because you can do stuff like live streams, and and one thing that I like about it is podcasts are out on like 15 different podcast websites like you have spotify you have stitcher you have apple podcasts you have there's tons of them and so it's really hard to one build up like a solid following on one and then get the interaction but i love youtube because then we can interact and like build an actual uh community focus on the jazz so um i'm i'm sure there will come a day where i quit youtube i'm like when i'm 70 i i i don't see myself doing this but i don't know maybe maybe i will but I don't know. It, it's for fun now, and we enjoy doing it, so we don't have any plans to quit uh, in the foreseeable foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, that that was a good game. I'm excited for the Friday game. I think I'm probably going to cut the chat off or the ch- ca- ah cut the live stream off here. Um, but on Friday, I'm I'm anticipating another Jazz win. And we can keep this conversation going then. Also, once I end this video, you can move your comments into the comments of the actual video rather than rather than the live chat. And then that will be more permanent and we can keep the conversation going on for the next couple of days until uh, Friday hits and, and we play the Clippers again. So thanks for joining me. It was fun. Great win for the Jazz. And yeah, the Jazz are killing it there. 24 and 5. So... Have a good night, and I will be on the stream on Friday. So, yeah, have a good night, guys.